Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan. He says, do you realise how many children go to the school? And I says, I've just found out. He says, but well, we're all covered. They just threw him into the car and took him for a spin up yeah. to his old van routes and into the Legion until just to get an ice cream. You know, which he got a good quality of life considering his condition. Because I was running about after my granny and my sister and all as well, you know, getting their groceries and stuff. So I thought there's other people here that, you know, that that have nobody, so I just done the meals for free then for those 25 to 30 people. The boy who runs the asbestos store was like, look how, where's all the suits and all the masks? <laughs> he says there's nothing left. Welcome to our podcast. This is your host Elaine Ingram and those were the voices of Gary McCoo, Philip Johnston and Leanne Gillespie, winners of the Sports Person of the Year, Carer of the Year and Tourism and Hospitality Champion respectively in Arma Eyes People of the Year Awards. Today we'll hear from all of those three winners who will tell us their stories. The first thing I want to say is congratulations Gary McCoo. You were the winner of the Sports Person of the Year. Uh, for the Arma I Awards, and how does that feel? Oh, it feels fabulous. Like, I never imagined that somebody would actually nominate me for this. So, to win it, and all the work I've put in, like, obviously I put the work in, and I get nothing in return, and I don't want nothing in return. So, to win an award like this here means the world to me and my family, because they see the work I put in, and they help me every step of the way. So, to win it, it's absolutely fabulous, so it is. Yeah, so just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you're here. You're, we're actually here in Portadown uh, Football Club at the moment, but you are involved with Rich Hill, and you were a former player, um, goalkeeper. Yeah. And um, then you um, left. What about four years ago? I got injured. You got injured. Got injured four years ago. And um, what happened then? Then, well, I was on the committee before that, so basically. I was playing, then I got injured, so I've took more of a role in the committee, or running around organising everything, basically, with a good committee. Yeah, you've buses, organising buses, oh, organising everything. Just anything that happens, if anything happens in the village, for instance, sir, last year there's a wee girl died there from, where were they, from Poland, I think it was, and she died in a car crash in the Hamilton Spawn Road, and the family needed finances so they did you know to help yeah. out so I went to the committee and I says I'm gonna you know do a wee fundraiser here so done the fundraiser so we did and my boss David Jamison Ruffin he says whatever he is collect he says I'll double it double it so I think we brought in something like 1200 pound so we did it was absolutely amazing the amount of people that's fantastic give money we played Hanover one Saturday and I think we left it something like three hundred odd pound at the match. Yeah, that's you know. Brilliant. Then my boss, then he doubled it. Then went up one day and gave it to the family, and they couldn't believe it. You well, know? that's the thing. In the year that we've had, um, 
you know, ordinarily this kind of an award would be going to somebody whose, you know, achievements are, you know, in the, in the in actual sport. We haven't had a lot of sport, but I mean, it just goes to show that, you know, football clubs and or sporting organizations can do so much more. And you're, you're proof of that, that you've, you've, you know, organized so many things. I mean, you yeah. know, helping out with prim- primary schools and everything. Yeah, well, there's, for instance, there in Christmas, I was just sitting one day and work and it come up on Twitter about some school about Santa Claus and that. And I turned around to one of the boys and he says, I'm going to get Santa to go to the school and give out selection boxes. And he just laughed up with so he did. He says, how do you think of these things? So, uh, without thinking, I phoned the school and I says, would you have any problems, you know, us doing selection boxes and maybe get sent up, you know, social distancing and give out the selection boxes? And the principal says, that's a brilliant idea and all, if you'd like to do it. And I was like, yeah, no problem at all. I says, how many children go to the school? And she turned around and says there's 475 or something. Okay. So I... <laughs> I bit off more than you could chew there. <laughs> I, I sort of went, right, so I phoned our Cherubon and Neil McCall, and I says, we're going to do... He says, do you realise how many children go to the school? And I says, I've just found out. I says, but if it all covered, I says, I phoned Brian Heinzer, David Jamison, Premier Properties, uh, Rich Hill Grace Community Church, the Presbyterian Church, uh, Willie Irwin, the DUP office in Rich Hill. I says, then I've been on the Neville and Philip Woods are at Super Value. So they're going to do us a very good deal. And so they did. And it all come together like that. So it didn't really do the football club too much harm. I think we'd only to put £200 in the end. And coming out of Super Value after meeting the fellas, and man stopped me and he says, eh, what about this Santa thing? He says, I have a trike there. He says, I'll do it all up. I says, happy days. I says, do you want to do it right enough? And he says, oh, aye, it'd be brilliant. So he done his trike up, dressed up as Santa Claus and all. And Neil Dawson out of the church, he dressed up as an elf. And I think he had more crack than the children <laughs> had. So just to see all their faces and give the selection boxes out was absolutely amazing. And I had phoned the school about an hour before it was, and it was absolutely lashing down as in Belfast. So... Neil Dawson, he's one of the local ministers. I phoned him and he says, it's, and he says, I know. I, the principal said, there's only Santa Claus and a helper allowed into the school because of social distancing and yeah. that. So I says, I have prayed coming down the road here that the rain will stop. See, when I arrived in Rich Hill, wasn't a drop. So you went down, performed met, a miracle. Went down, <laughs> met the principal, and she was like, we can do it outside now. But by this stage, Gregory or sorry, Neil Dawson and Santa Claus had already come down in the trike and went down to the nursery and were dishing out the selection boxes. So they and the school brought all the children out in. It was absolutely brilliant. Does it take, I mean, obviously having your connections here um, with the football club, uh, with Rich Hill Football Club, um, do you think that helps a lot because, you know, it's so well known and does that help? you know, get things done? Oh, massive, massively. Like, we have something like 80, 85 players or we have three teams. So, you'd be doing stuff for people and you wouldn't realise. And a bike would come up to you at training and go, that was absolutely brilliant what you done. My nephew goes to that their school or you done that there. You have, like, uh, during the pandemic, Ryan Harper, our, our captain, he, he left there and went to Sego. So he did, but he come and he was looking to give out uh, hampers to the local shops like the 
health centre, super value. You provided PPE as well, I've, didn't you? I've, yeah, provided PPE. Uh, it all started, a woman come to me. Uh, her daughter worked in Newry Hospital and she said that very little PPE. So we do uh, asbestos removal, so we do. I've my work for David Jamison. Like, and I phoned David and he says, this woman's come here in tears looking masks and suits they don't have any. And he just says, go to the asbestos store, whatever's in it, work away. So I got so many masks and give it to her and she couldn't be you know, more thankful. So then Jane's uh, two brothers were doctors and they got the call that they were going to have to go to Craigavon. And they had that's no, your partner, Jane. Yeah. yeah, that's my partner, Jane. We're engaged so far. Uh, so I, what do you call it, went and got them masks too and suits. So then the next time my phone was going mad, there was people looking stuff left, right in the centre. But fair play to my boss. He just says, whatever's in there, just take it. So when we come back, the boy who runs the asbestos store was like, look how, where's all the suits and all the masks? <laughs> he says, there's nothing left. He says, you order more stuff. And he says, do you know how hard it is to get it? But at the yeah, end of the day, were needed. Well, it was needed yeah. and was supplied it. So fair play. Do you think it takes, you know, a certain type of person um, to do all this stuff? Because, you know, I mean, where do you find the time? I know you have a, a load of kids and you're a busy man. You're working, you're, I mean, where do you even find the, the inclination and the motivation to to do so much? Or do you think it's just a personality trait? I have no idea, to be honest. Like, I get up every morning, half five, go to my work. You might get home at half five, half six, half seven. Sometimes you just don't know. You know, but it's the motivation, the kids and all love football, love coming down. If they see me doing something, they'll be out in the garage helping me put stuff to gather. You know, Jane, Jane's exactly the same as me. If you decide to do something, she's 100% behind me. And uh, my dad and my mum there too. Anything needs done, dad will go down to the pitch. I could phone him any hour of the day and go, dad, I need something done there, will you go and do it? I've also, we lad there, Gary Crozier from Richill. So I have, and down at training, the boys will be going, we need more water, we need more water. And I had Gary be sitting in his chair, so he wouldn't have, Gary, we need more water there. He had a way up the recreation centre, fill all the water and bring it down to me. You know, it's just little things, people helping yeah. you, like. And when you see good, as in the school, as in helping them people with a funeral, you know, the shops in the village giving out the humpers and all it's just little things it must be really rewarding for you oh yeah it gives me a brilliant buzz I, I don't let on you know i keep it to myself i wouldn't be that sort of boy would go and say oh look what i done yeah. i just like like doing it and that's it well that's why you that's why you got the award was because other people want to recognize the fact, yeah. you know all the stuff that, that you actually do do you know and people will go like on a Saturday there we would have man the match awards and I'd be going such and such go in the photograph no no I don't like photographs you go in the photograph and I'm like hang in every photograph I don't want to be in the photographs how do you think how how has everybody fared you know not having sports so much during the year well we got off the an absolutely amazing start well we finished the season we didn't start too well last season and we finished the season brilliant we beat Bally McCash Rangers so we did yeah. in the cup and that got us into the quarterfinals we beat them in penalties and they had a load of ex-Irish league players and we played them down at Seaview in Belfast and that we things they got there 
Yeah. You know, I think the match ended free free. They scored a penalty in the last minute, you know, and were gutted. Then they went four free up and there's about two two minutes left and we went and equalised four four on one on penalties and talking about the buzz, uh, everyone after that. So that was actually our last game. Yeah, before. and when was that? That was, when was that? It was, can't even remember. Can't even remember. Ago. That was then, that was our last game we got with COVID. Then COVID kicked in. Yeah. And, you know, the boys were, you know, were on a brilliant run. So then, obviously, they scrapped the season and we started there again. Yeah. And we got off to an actually brilliant start again. Amen. And every everyone buzzing and... Then at all. Do you think it's a bit unfair, you know, that the you know elite sports are able to go ahead and then you know down the tiers? Does it, you know? Well, it, it is what it is. Money, money ways. Like Rich Hill, wide our sponsors and people making donations, we couldn't survive. Yeah. Like we were actually looking there about getting loans and that to keep the club going if we had a start again. We're working on a thing for the village and the community at the minute about. A whole relift to the park, and and I suppose you're in charge of that. Well, no, we've got a committee aside <laughs> there with three boys on it there. So, um, me and Neil McGaw said, you know, if they take us away from running the day to the day of the football club, yeah, you know, and involved with a software project, you know, you'd miss something out, yeah. and something wouldn't be done right. So, three lads out of the committee, they have went on to this separate committee. And they're going to oversee everything, and hopefully it'll be a bright future for Rich Hill and the whole community. Do you miss playing yourself? Oh, it's not nice. So it's not. You're standing there in a Saturday, and you're doing. I usually do the linesman, so what? And people will be slobbering at you. Well, I'm pretty good at <laughs> slobbering myself. And they're like, ah, look at you. Now you know what it's like being <laughs> you know, at the other end. <laughs> look at you, look at you standing there doing the line. You must be rubbish. Oh. You know, and you're you're just. You just laugh. Well, so anybody you know. who knows knows. Yeah, but no, you're standing there and you see a goalkeeper pull off a brilliant save, and everyone's going, "Did you see the save he pulled off?" And you're going to yourself, you know, Come I I done that years ago, yeah. and like I'm only 36, and I've had a bad knee for near six or seven years now. But you're doing fantastic work. I mean, maybe it's a it's a blessing in disguise because well, if you were playing, you probably wouldn't be able to do all the things that you're doing. Well, that's true too. Like at least I can. You know, relax as soon as the match kicks off. That's I can relax. Yeah. So I can't know when everything has been in place and everything's set up. But then, as soon as ninety minute comes, you're back up to our clubhouse, selling the bonus ball to bring extra money in. Jane and Neil's running around there sorting out the food and you know making sure the other team come up and they're well looked after. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter who they are. Everybody's welcome to our club. Yeah. You know, and I think that there's what a whole lot of people like about our club. It's a community It's thing. a community thing. It doesn't matter, you know, what you are or who you are. Everybody is welcome. Yeah. Well, that's great. And um, I just want to wish you the biggest congratulations because you're a very worthy winner um, and a very popular winner, Gary. Yeah, well, unbelievable. The amount of support I've had nuts. Every, to be honest, the night it went up on Facebook, it just post after post after post was just vote Gary McCoy. Yeah. So it was then there's a lot of funny ones put up. I, I fell out of a tree about seven years ago, forty five foot. Oh, and, I, and one of the guys took a photograph of him in the hospital chair with an aqueous. So then they put it on the poster vote McCoy. <laughs> so they did and then when it was announced I got banned from Facebook. Oh really? 
because if you vote for me, I'm writing back to you. I'm just not going to send the message at the very end. Thank you, everyone, for your support. So everybody who sent me a message on Facebook saying, well done, I was replying to them all. Next thing, I replied to about 90 comments. Next thing, I got a message. Uh, sorry. You've reached your limit. You've reached your limit. <laughs> and all disagree or not agree. And so I was disagreeing. So I had to wait every something like four hours for it to go off. Then go and thank so many more people. <laughs> but why do all these people voting for me? I wouldn't have won it. You know, so thank you, everybody. And if I've missed any of your comments, I'm very sorry. I'm sure you haven't missed too many now. I think, <laughs> I think like I, you've been quite vigilant. I think I've got them all. Yeah. Hopefully. Okay, well, thanks so much for talking to no, me. No, thanks for taking your time. So I'm here today with Philip Johnson, who uh, won the Carer of the Year in the Arma I Awards. And com congratulations, Philip. Um, that was, was it a surprise to you? Or how did you even find out about it in the first place? Yeah, it was a surprise there. I just seen it up on, I was actually tagged on Facebook in it from um, a girlfriend, a couple of my family tagged me in it. I didn't even know anything about it really. So it was a good surprise. Yeah. And you, I mean, tell me a bit about um, yourself. Now you were looking after your father, um, Eric, I believe, who um, had Parkinson's disease. So, uh, and sadly he passed away there in 2020. In November time there, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, well, Dad was ill for a few years now, and obviously with Parkinson's, his health got worse, and he needed more care. He had fell and fractured his neck, and he just did a lot of falls due to Parkinson's, so uh, he needed 24-hour care. It was worse with advice. He needed either to be in full-time care or 24-hour care at home, yeah. and he had always asked to remain at home. You know, even when he was younger, he says, I never want to go to the nursing home, yeah. so obviously we want to sort of respect his wishes that's what he had always asked for so uh, we had to figure out how we're going to care for him obviously financially and physically mentally everything for yeah. him so uh, sort of just came to the conclusion we're going to have to get cares in and I was going to have to look after him self and family is going to have to look after him and yeah, like with any caring nature you have to have sort of one person leading things and yeah. taking the main roles so about five years ago when his health deteriorated a lot more that's when I sort of came on the scene sort of full-time caring for him and cut down with my work and yeah you had to like give up work and everything so you took on paid leave from your job and everything I mean that was a, that must have been um, a, a huge decision and a huge commitment from from you to do that yeah well over the last five or six years I had cut down to part-time with my job I worked with EasyJet and I had cut down with them till 50 uh, percent so I was only working maybe two or three days a week and then when his health every year's health was getting worse so i actually had to take on paid leave at the winter times when they were allowing it now easyjet was very supportive and very good they, they, even if dad was sick they never asked any questions they always yeah. let me off which was good to have an employer to do something like that and then over the last couple of years i had to take two or three months at a time and then days nearly every month yeah i'd say in 20, 2019 and twenty twenty, if I must have took off about six or eight months work, really? yeah, with it, just having to take off work. I'm glad I did, obviously too, to, yeah. to look after that I mean, too. It must have been, you know, even though I'm sure it's very, it was very difficult. It was probably it was also very rewarding, I'm sure. And the fact that he had you there, you know, his son, that must have made a huge difference to him. 
Okay, I know that city was like nobody really wants anybody else around them, they just want their family around them usually. Exactly. So having that sort of comfort knowing that there was somebody beside him to look after him, it, it helped him a lot too. And like we threw him into the cure man for a spin, which if he was in full time cure had you know, other cures there they may not have been able to do that. And thankfully even the cures that we did have there were brilliant. They they did they just threw him into the car and took him for a spin up yeah. till his old van routes and into the Legion until just to get an ice cream, you know, which he got a good quality of life considering his condition, which a lot of the healthcare workers and OTs, physios, social workers, they couldn't believe how well dad was considering how ill he was. Yeah. You know, there's people that would be similar position to dad and they looked awful. They had very little quality of life, but thankfully dad had a really good quality of life at home. Yeah, and that definitely you know, is helped by the fact that you were able to do all you did for him and, and the fact that he was able to be at home and have his, you know, familiar surroundings and have, you know, okay. all of that kind of stuff around him. Okay, yeah, no, that's it, exactly. Being at home made such a difference, even like a day like today where it's nice and sunny. We'd have him out. If he wasn't fit to walk, we would put him in the wheelchair and wheel him around. He, you could grow the tomatoes. Would barge and tell us what way to pluck the tomatoes and prune them and prune the flowers. He was sort of telling you what to do, you know. And he couldn't have had that if he was, you know, if he was not home or if he if he didn't have the cure that he had. Which again, it was it was top class cure. The cures we had in even and I say with myself and other ones, we we made sure we'd done everything we could for him the best. We yeah. could, you know, keep him. And this is the reason you won the award because I mean there was so much praise for you and your handling of the situation and the way, you know how what a wonderful care you were. Is that that? But how did, does it impact on you personally? I mean, you're you're young. Um, I, I, I'm. I mean, I'm sure it has had positives and um, you know, hard impact on on your life. Oh, yeah, no way. Uh, as when you're sort of young, you're trying to enjoy your life and live your life but obviously being I was I lost my mother when I was 19 and then dad took ill around the same time so uh, even uh, like my dad was really well known usually as well so it's not what said but it was nearly a good thing that he died during this period because we'd still have people in the house like dad knew my mum died in 2010 and that was a really really bad snow like like people couldn't get out of their houses that, that really really bad year of snow and this house was, like I mean, we had 5,000 people in the house. So what? Uh, you know, over the three days it was, and dad knew twice as many people as mum because he had the business at the time. So in one sense it was everything, because we couldn't have coped with, there would have been 10,000 people in our house easily, because dad knew people from everywhere. So he did, so that's, you know, I suppose the time, and say you can do nothing for people at the minute, you know, you can't. Yeah. No, thanks. Well, do you want to continue with that? Was, was okay, I Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, so um, how difficult was was that, you know, for you? How, how hard has it been for you since? I mean, with COVID and everything and not having, you know, people being able to visit and go to the funeral and stuff like that. It, it was it was very unusual just with, you say, with COVID and People, as I said, Dad was a well-known man with Pinkton's of the business now, but he he had his friends at what I called around and visited him every week, and like there would have been two or three at what I called him every week, twice a week, and thankfully we've kept in touch with them, and they're out, I've been visiting them a few times, and we've had 
a couple of friends and families that have kept in touch and even the carers that were really good with dad they've kept in touch too and we plan to meet them as soon as the lockdown eases as well yeah which is nice that they want to keep in touch with us as well yeah uh, but uh, it, it's just it's, it probably has been just really quiet for you and difficult it's been naturally it's been difficult but you know even more so with with all all of this and you can't have your you know as many friends and stuff like that support around you yeah it's it's difficult and i say with 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 covid and then even with my job I, from the first of april i'm back on furlough with them now after my unpaid leave which i had taken uh, and it it finished there in april i had got off till april thankfully but then dad had passed away in the middle of my unpaid leave but i'm back with them so hopefully there will be work there and then you start. probably want something to occupy yourself because it's probably you know you know how are you occupying your, yourself right now if you're have you found other things to keep yourself busy well i've always had an interest in property and, and, and i worked with property for on and off just sort of when i could obviously facilitating around dad but their last month they just set up a business with a friend of mine a wee online estate agent so we're very busy with it which is well, that's good it's keeping me busy and it's keeping me occupied and i'm getting out to meet people which Obviously, when we had cures in, four cures a day, and with cures in, and with me, if the cures in with them, the amount of people I was in contact with on a daily yeah. basis before till literally just Stopped. halting. Yeah, and that was it, just nobody. So being able to go out and meet people and do viewings and just see people, it's, it's, it's been a help too, because it's not good for anybody sitting in a house on their own. It's, yeah, you, exactly. you need to get out and about. People do need to be out you and about. You need your mind to be occupied. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, listen, congratulations on the award. I know it's a um, little consolation, but um, at the same time, you know, it's a really well deserving. You've, you know, you've really seem to have, you know, touched people with what you've done, and all these carers and everybody have said had nothing but fantastic words for, for you, and you know, I'm sure wherever your dad is, he really appreciates everything that you've done for him. Okay, no, thanks very much for the award too. It was great, even. When I got nominated, there was friends of dads that was messaging me, and there was people texting me, which was it was nice to get messages from people, you know, just saying, oh, they, I knew how well you looked after dad and stuff. Yeah. So it yeah. was good to get them people actually texting and getting in touch with you. Yeah. Okay, well, listen, it was lovely to talk to you, though. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. I'm here with Leanne Gillespie, um, who was the winner of the Tourism and Hospitality Champion of the Year Award. Congratulations, Leanne. Thank you. Um, how did that feel? Oh, it was a shock. So it was, wasn't expected at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to say now what you were, what, what you actually won for. It was for um, all the work that you've done since you were, we're here in your coffee shop, Perfect Blend. And you, like everybody else, came, things came to an abrupt halt during the, the, the lockdown. Yeah. But like a lot of people would like shove their heads under the duvet and, you know, cry. You know and cry. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do that. No, I need to keep busy. So tell us what you did. Uh, well, before the lockdown happened, whenever the schools closed first, we offered free school meals for kids that were, you know, any, any kid in the area, you know, they didn't have to buy a meal or anything. They could just come in and get free school, you know, free meals. Um, and then whenever the lockdown happened, 
um, I ended up with like a group of 25 to 30 different people that are living on their own in and around Portadown and Lurgan um, and had nobody close, no family close by. So I done meals, three meals twice a week and delivered to them and got their groceries, went to the chemist for them. And I'd done that for the 12 weeks of in the first lockdown last year. That was a fantastic thing to do yeah. and a, a, a really tough undertaking. I mean, yeah. here in, do you, did you actually do meals in the cafe here before that? No, we just do like paninis and toasties and things like that, you know. But I just done them at home then, you know, because we weren't allowed out. So I done them at home and then my, my kids came with me, you know, to help me deliver them. And what ages are your kids? Um, 15, 14 and 7. Well, that's brilliant yeah. because... You know, a lot of people would be saying their kids are at home on the Xbox or yeah, something like no, that. Yeah, well, if know? I didn't bring them with me, they would have been home on the <laughs> Xbox or on the phone or whatever. But, you know, they came with me and went to the door and, you know, we got to know the people and still text now, you know, to see how we're doing. Yeah, I mean, how did you even come up with the idea of doing this? Well, I done the kids' meals first, and then and, and what, what, how how did that even start? You know, yeah, uh, well, just whenever the whenever the you know your Marcus Rashford or whatever he's called over in England, he, remember he done the big campaign for the yes. free, and I thought, well, we're the same over here. You know, there's some kids that aren't getting any food at all. You know, yeah. if they, if they don't get their free meal in school, so I just thought, you know, we'll do it. We'll offer we offer free school meals at holiday times here anyway. You know, but you have to buy a meal and stuff before that yeah but um i just thought you know there's a lot of kids in the area that are entitled to free school meals so we just opened it to everybody you didn't have to get free school meals and that must have been a lot of work yeah well it was but i like to keep it i need to keep busy so i do or else i would have been the one at home under the duvet crying <laughs> you know so and then we're done up a few a few wee meals you know to sell in the shop before before lockdown happened and they went pretty well and then Whenever lockdown came about, I thought, you know, there's bound to be people out there that don't have anybody to do anything for them. Because I was running about after my granny and my sister and all as well, you know, getting their groceries and stuff. So I thought there's other people here that, you know, that that have nobody. So I just done the meals for free then for those 25 to 30 people. And did you Twice put a week. that up on Facebook or something? Uh -huh, like yeah, that? put it up yeah. on Facebook, and then family members that maybe lived further away that you know that couldn't go just to their just houses. Just word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, and you also had a, a coffee morning for. Yeah, well, that was a, a close friend of mine. Um, she was going to do the coffee morning in her house for her. It was her sister-in-law. Um, the the girl that she was doing it for. Um, so she was going to do it in her house, and then because of COVID restrictions you weren't allowed any more than six people or whatever in your house so i offered the shop up for her to do it here and did you get a lot of people coming yeah along there to was that? lots of people yeah lots of prizes donated and i can't even remember the amount that louise raised but it was a lot yeah so it was and how long have you had this coffee shop here? um it'll be three years in july how did you start out i mean how did you start up this what's your background i've always worked in coffee shops so i have my whole life and duns and cafe rima and yeah and then our mum died a few my mum died 14 years ago and my brother still lived in her house um up until three years ago and then he sold it so whenever we got them i got the money from the the house then me and my sister decided opened to open here it. yeah and how has it been? Has it been going? Really good, yeah. We yeah. Do, we have a lot of support from the local community. 
and I'm sure you'll have even more now after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because people appreciate, you know. Yeah. It's great to see that, like, local heroes like you are recognized, and that's what yeah. these awards are for, are people that, you know, do extraordinary things. Yeah. Like, like you have done mm-hmm. how has the lockdown been in terms of bu- business i mean obviously have you you've been closed we've been we're doing takeaway at the minute wednesday to saturday um it's been okay you know there's there's a few regulars you know that come and go um we've been quite lucky with the mother's day and easter we've done like afternoon teas and things um and then around christmas time we've done christmas desserts and stuff um so that's kind of pulled us through you know the quieter times you have to keep on your thinking on you your have feet, to, don't yeah, you? Because it's hard to think of everything. You know, you're thinking of, you know, different ways mm-hmm. to just get your products going. out there. Yeah. And, you know, I suppose if you don't have a lot of perishable stuff like that, given that you're a cafe, but yeah. restaurants would probably be, you know... Yeah, they have lots of store stocked that has went to waste, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about... Um, do you think we'll be reopening again in the near future? Well, I hope so. I'm hoping so, but a lot of businesses around here suffered. Do you think there'll be businesses closing down and things like that? I don't know. I think we we might be okay in Portadown because everybody has their own way, you know, supporters and local, you know, local people that support them. So I think I'm hoping that we're all okay. Yeah, that's the thing because you're living. I mean, Portadown because it's it's not such a huge community. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you'll you'll get the support of yeah. of, of the people that will keep everybody, hopefully, back up and running yeah. soon. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully soon, really yeah. soon. So, how did it feel when you were told that you were winning this award? Oh, I was I was very embarrassed because I don't like <laughs> doing this kind of thing. I like to hide in the background. <laughs> Your so children I, must have been very proud of you. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No so have you anything in uh, coming up in the pipeline now or you no well at christmas time we're done like a christmas pajama appeal um and everybody brought pajamas you know brand new jammies and then we done up like we we christmas boxes you know like christmas eve boxes and give them out to all the kids like in the, that's in the social services and stuff around the area so that's the last thing that we've that we've done at christmas time um so but i'm sure there'll be more things coming yeah. up soon do you think that there there should be more officially done for for children like that in the area yeah you know because yeah. it shouldn't really be up to no i know like you, I you know, know. and i'm sure there is a lot of things that you know that there's a lot of community groups around here you know that do that do support things but if everybody worked together you know it might well that's it better. i think this whole um covid thing has kind of taught people yeah. a lot that, yeah that you know, we all need to stick together you know that's yeah. one good thing that's yeah, come out of it is there yeah. is a lot of community spirit mm-hmm, there definitely is yeah and have you found that around here yeah that, no there is like they've, they've been very good all the different the different groups around here yeah so they have providing like boxes of food and stuff you know like tea bags and things like that and yeah one of the other groups um Eggerstown, they were giving out meals as well, so there were to all the residents in the area. Yeah. So. And has was there a big uptake of it? There was, yeah, there really was. Because you'd be surprised the people that you wouldn't expect. Well, that's I was really shocked at how many. You know, a lot people of people have lost were. their jobs and things uh-huh, like that. Yeah. Yeah, I was shocked at how many people there were in the area that had nobody to help them. Yeah. You know, it was sad. Yeah. Well, um, congratulations. Thank you again. Um. It was really a well-deserved well award. Thank you. And I hope that 
business gets back up and going yeah, me for, too. You, <laughs> for you soon and I'm sure you'll have lots and lots of support with yeah. you know all the people who've known who know exactly what you've, what you've done yeah hopefully <laughs> okay thank you thanks for talking to me thank Leanne. you Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed those few words from your winners. Remember to keep getting all of your local news from Arma Eye, and I hope you join us next time for our podcast. Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 223. Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan.